0: This is The OpenSource.Club, a free St. Louis-focused knowledge-share podcast. Through industry experts, entrepreneurs, personal stories, and more, we provide the information you need to achieve and thrive. Always visit our website, TheOpenSource.Club, for more details. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Back during the mid-1980s, Americans embraced conservatism and politics, but were materialistic yuppies. The decade saw the explosion of blockbuster movies and the emergence of m- cable networks. But in Alton, Illinois, Dale Bryce was graduating high school and would soon enter the military to serve his country. I'm your host, Dick Hewlett, and this is We Salute by The Open Source. In a minute, Dale Bryce will tell us his story. This We Salute episode is brought to you by the Operating Engineers Local 513, who provide jobs for military veterans through their Helmets to Hard Hats program. In 1985, graduate of Alton, Illinois High School, Dale Bryce, lives and works in St. Louis. He's a husband, father, and grandfather. Uh, The Bryce name is well known in Alton. Because they're such a large family, Dale is number nine of 12 children. Welcome, Dale. Good to have you here. Hey, you graduated high school and left for college. How did you make it into, yeah. the, into the Navy? That's the big question.
1: Ah, uh, The big question there. I uh, <clears throat> went to college where I uh, was uh, fortunate enough to play both football and basketball. But myself and, and the situation I was in didn't, uh, didn't work out. I was a good student. But I was, uh, I guess, somewhat of a hothead. And uh, I, so things that were going on because I went to school in Nebraska didn't quite fit well. So I I left, um, went back home, and, you know, after talking to a a couple of my brothers who my my oldest brother was in the Marines, my second oldest brother was in the Navy. So I decided to go and take the ASVAB.
0: What was the the why the Navy? Why not Marines, Air Force, Army?
1: Well, the the good thing was is that I I I scored a 98 on the ASVAB. Mm. So I could have I could have chosen any any uh any of the forces that I wanted. But I just looked at it. I I wanted to travel. I wanted to see more than just um, one base. Uh, my oldest brother told me he he went to Paris and uh, he had gone to certain different places and it was, um, but he he stayed in that one place for you know a year. Mm-hmm. I wanted uh, I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see you know multitudes of things and so i decided you know since my second oldest brother had told me about going to okinawa and going to he had he had taken crew he went to new york uh for fleet week and he had gone to um uh, to the mi uh to the um to the mediterranean and i thought why not i'm I'm from the Midwest. I've okay. never seen these things. I may never see them again. And I decided the Navy would be the best choice for me.
0: Did you just join or were you, did uh, you talk to a recruiter? How did How did that work out?
1: No. I, I recruited my recruiter. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I walked in one day. I told him I wanted to take the uh-huh. Um Luckily on that day, they were giving the test. Um I I hung around while others took the test and walked away. I, I hung around to see just where, what I could do. Um, and it was, he, he walked out, he says, hey, you scored high enough to go into any branch you wanted, but we want you in the Navy. And while I didn't believe him, uh, <laughs> I... I figured all I wanted to do was continue my education, uh, and I wanted to actually be a My first choice was I wanted to be a counselor and a uh, social worker in prisons. And his thing was, we can get you there in the Navy. Uh, and so they gave me a uh, the option of going in and being a... Uh, being active for two years and being uh, in reserves for for six, Mm -hmm. and they would pay for all of my past uh, college debts and then pay for me to finish up. So to me, it was, if I walk away (laughs) debt-free, I'm good.
0: Sounds like a great deal.
1: that was the choice I made, and it was really based more on me walking away and being debt free.
0: Gotcha. well, you know the Navy has that slogan, "See the world."
1: Tell me about it yes, and and I saw the world. Where'd you go? Um, i I went to well I, we start off right after i got i i I got on my on my boat. And I call it a boat because it was a boat. It was three feet short of being a ship. <laughs> but right after I got to my boat, we went to Portland and to Vancouver. After that, I was there for a year, and we went on a uh, what is called a Westpac tour, mm-hmm. which, in our case, we went to the Philippines, Australia. We stopped in Brunei, uh, Hong Kong. South Korea, uh, Okinawa, Japan, uh, and, believe that was, and I believe that was it. <laughs> Do
0: you have any, any special uh, memories for any of those particular places? Any great experiences? Anything that stand out?
1: You know, we, one of the, one of the better experiences was really something I didn't think about until after I was out. And we were we were in the Philippines and there were about five of us who hung out. And we would go out on town and it was, you know, we, we had our fun, we you know, we went through different things. But one day we decided we were going to go inland and we hop on a bus and which it would be considered as a tourist bus. There were no windows. Uh we we sat there no seat belts and we drove through the jungle and you would see monkeys jumping from trees and small cats that would run that were running through the through the forest and it was only for maybe 4 miles mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it opened up into a city of bars on stilts in reality, I wasn't in the United States, I wasn't old enough to drink <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but in the but in the Philippines, I was <laughs> um, after thinking about it, it was just how amazing how we were riding through all of this and maybe going thirty to forty miles an hour mm-hmm. and we saw so much wildlife you know going back and forth and and we were we were the only six on on the bus, but the bus driver would stop and tell us what type of what type of animal it was, and and you know and that was probably my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Other than going to and I I didn't mention Singapore, did I? No, no, <laughs> uh, no. Um, other than going to Singapore, where it was Singapore was. I think Singapore was um, for me it was just a place where you could go and hang out and it was more of a nightclub atmosphere and that was something that i that I had never seen before um, where you could go from one nightclub to another and you were you were seeing different things talking to different people, and you would find people from different countries i mean I' met people from I, I met a couple Danish people in Singapore, a couple uh five or six people from um New Guinea. We met some people from just all over Asia and Europe that were going to Singapore. And it was uh that was my biggest um my biggest eye opening was seeing all of these people who had come together and no one cared about where you were from. It were just it was just about mm-hmm. who you were, and it that opened my eyes to a lot of things that were going on in the states. To and actually to this day, mm-hmm. um, so it was um, it like very very eye opening.
0: Tell me, I've always wondered what is it like to be confined on a ship for long periods of time. Obviously, you were, when you were traveling, you were on board for a while.
1: What happens? Yeah. It, <laughs> you, you get to know people. And when I, when I say that, you get to know people. You get to know true feelings. You get to speak openly and open eyes to what you've gone through. And it, it's, um, it, it's really a good feeling to be able to enlighten people as to how you were raised and how they thought you were raised as to how they were raised because and it's still present in this day how we can decide that someone had to be had to have been raised a certain way because of what they look like when in reality and, and I'll say I'll say this. I, I tell a buddy of mine now. I was I was raised in the city, but I grew up in the country. And when I say that, because I was from such a large family, we had to we had a, a hog farm, and we had about five acres of what my dad called his garden, which I call the farm. And we would pick vegetables and take them home, and my mom would can them. And we, we had a pretty good-sized uh, canning room that we had in our basement. So really, we were, in the summer, we were raised in the, in, the, in the country. But at the same time, I understood what it was like to be in the city because that's where I lived. And it was, uh, so fortunately, I was able to pretty much live two lives at the same time. And to be able to tell people that and have them, and really to have the two of us understand where the other came from without looking at what we looked at, what we looked like, was really, really satisfying. Because I, I realized how much I had in, in common with other people who I knew nothing about.
0: What a great lesson in life, you know? hmm Dale, I need yeah. to take a break, but on the other side, we'll tell the audience what the Navy taught you. Local 513 provides Earn While You Learn Department of Labor certified training. Go to iuoe513.org for details. Progressive and diversified, the Operating Engineers Local Five Thirteen works to deliver strong middle class wages and benefits. Learn more about solidifying your future at iuoe513.org. Our guest is Navy veteran Dale Bryce, and succeeding in the military means following the rules. Now, if someone told me that you were a rule breaker in your youth, what did you learn? In the, what did you learn in the Navy? How did that work out?
1: <laughs> well. Let, let's not say I was a rule-breaker. Uh, let's say that I uh, pushed rules to the limit. <laughs> and and yes, I would um, because I, I, I came from a strict uh, very strict household. And to think that you were going to try to get over on my parents was it, it, it was a hard thing to do. So it was about pushing the boundaries as far as possible. So, when I did get to the military, I was already um, ready to get up early in the morning. I was ready to have my clothes ironed because that was something that I had to do when I was when I was younger. We ironed our clothes on Sundays to be ready for the whole week. So we had to prepare for the whole week. So when i did get to the military it was more of reinforcement of what my dad had taught me because my dad had gone to the air force and mind you my dad did not have a a uh, high school education but he went to the air force when he was 17 so he had to be signed in by his mother but what he took he 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 brought out of the military and brought it To his family, and it was about discipline and structure. So, really, the military only reinforced what my dad had taught us from the beginning. And I I say this, it was on a much deeper level because now we're living it. It's not just about making your bed when you get up, it's about making your bed and making sure that it looks good so when. I'm going through, and I have people coming through and looking at what I have done. I have to impress them with what I've done, and one of my one of my worst worst mistakes was deciding that during an an inspection, I really didn't need to do a great job at, at making my bunk, and I was called out on it. And when I was called out on it, after it was all over, because I I got in a little trouble which I guess goes back to me being to pushing the limits. I got in a little trouble. I was restricted to the ship for a week. And I had to clean the birthing, which is our, where our living quarters are. I had to clean the birthing quarters for a week. And that tipped off something that I still, I still do today. To make sure that what I am doing is top notch. To make sure that everything that I do is better than my supervisor tells me needs to be done. So we can look at it and say, This guy finally he, he finally got it. And uh and yeah, I did. I I I I got it because there were times where my dad would tell us make your bed, but he never came upstairs to make sure the bed was made. But in the military, you never knew when that person was coming around to say you need to make your bed. So it it taught me to realize that and the old saying of what you do in what you do in the dark will come to light. I I learned that I I might want to make my bed when I get up so when they come around and check it then I have everything done everything needs to everything that needs to be done is done and I can go on with my life
0: you got it you just answered the last question I was going to ask you and that was are you still following some of the things that you learned in the Navy and it sounds like that is the case
1: I, it is it is the case and I I will I will throw in something extra I um Recently, I assumed a position at work where it takes a little detail. It's not a position that I had worked for. and Well, I can't say I can't. I worked for it. I did work for it. Um, it's a It's a position where, through the military and my parents, pushed me to take on a supervisory role that I wasn't really, I wasn't asking for, but it was something that I felt needed to be done, the job needed to be done, and I needed to attack the situation. And while everything worked out, I still feel as though there are more people who could, who could benefit from going into the military. Because, like me, I think there are a lot of people who like to push the limits. And I'll say that pushing the limits... There are positives and negatives, and I've decided to push the limits in the positive and say that if you give me a task, expect it to be done at 110%. Anything less is my fault. And I'll say the military pushed me to exceed my own limits, and they force you to find not fine, but exceed what you have, what you put out as your limitations. There really are no limitations as far as it goes for the military. We look at it and we, we in this day and age, we, we kind of downplay the military. The military isn't used to take care of us here at home, per se. They're here to make sure that there are no threats coming in from the outside. And... That is one of the bigger things that I look at, because if there's nothing coming in from the outside, we can do our jobs and we can make things, make sure things are good on the inside and let the military do their job on the outside.
0: Dale, well said. Thank you very much. Dale Bryce, we salute you for your service and thank you for being on uh, this program. I thank you. Good to hear that the Navy served you as a good foundation. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you. I'm your host, Dick Hewlett, and this episode was sponsored by the IUOE Local 513. Go to IUOE513.org to learn about their Helmets to Hard Hats hiring program. Thank you for listening to the OpenSource.Club podcast. Become a subscriber through RSS or YouTube. There's more to come that you won't want to miss. Our name is our web address, TheOpenSource.Club.